Hey, good evening, Grace Point. I want to welcome you to Thursday nights. Pastor Brad teaching. We're going through the book of Matthew. Really excited to be teaching through Matthew this evening. It's been a while for me, but we're heading back into chapter 12, starting with verse 15. And I want to get right into it. So, Father, I ask you to open our hearts and minds to the Word. Let us hear what the Spirit wants us to get from it, help us to understand it, and then, Lord, to apply it to our life. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 15, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, behold, my servant whom I have chosen my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will trust. Now, we're Gentiles. Some translations say nations. But I like the Gentile translation because he's talking about more than just the Jewish people. He's talking about the Gentiles will trust in him, which is being fulfilled in the person of Jesus. So I want to do some backtracking here a little bit to establish something. I want to talk about divine healing. And um, I want to dig into it a little bit. And a lot of these things we've covered, but it's really important. I think that divine healing is something many, many Christians struggle. I was talking to several people recently that lost loved ones, and they just had so many questions and, you know, about healing, and I understand it. There's more to the gospel than divine healing, but it is a part of the gospel. You know, the fact that both of these people's spouses died and went to heaven that's victory, Daisy, Daisy, <laughs> Lily, let's <laughs> talk about that. That's victory, Lily. The fact that they died and that they went to heaven and were with Jesus. And they both, both the people that passed away were people of great faith. They really trusted Jesus. They gave their lives to Jesus. They lived for the Lord. And, um, you know, and I know that they've been rewarded and they're enjoying God's presence. So they didn't lose. And they both were people of faith, and we just need to understand that. So when we talk about healing, if someone, you pray for them, and it doesn't go the way that you expected it to, I always say this, that we should not be in condemnation over it, that there's, there's a lot to the Christian life, and it's more than healing, and I call healing a benefit, but healing is a benefit of both the Old Covenant and the new covenant, okay? And I want to talk about Jesus's messianic role in divine healing. Uh, it says, when Jesus knew it, he withdrew, and great multitudes followed him. Now, I want to ask you a question. Why do you think the multitudes followed Jesus? So they were following, now they wanted to hear him teach. They enjoyed his teaching, but Jesus was healing them. And he was doing miracles. And the, and the people thought, well, maybe this is the Messiah. There was a great buzz in the Jewish community 
about Jesus. Sinners and tax collectors and the common people were flooding out to listen to him. They were really impressed, and the religious leaders were curious, but they were also, you know, they were antagonistic toward him. They were threatened by Jesus. And they went out to him, and he healed them. And, and this is another one of those texts that says he healed them all. All. He healed everyone that came to him. I asked a person I, recently that had an infirmity, and I said, do you think if Jesus was here right now, just standing, you walked in the door, and you had this infirmity, do you think that he would heal you? And they said, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> they believed that Jesus would heal. I said, see, in reality, Jesus is with us. He's just not with us bodily. We're tied to this sense realm. We're tied to what we can see, what we can feel, what we can touch. And we're tied. We believe in those things. But God is encouraging us to believe the gospel, to believe the word of God, to believe those things that we cannot see with our eyes, that we cannot sense necessarily in our emotions, but that are promised to us in the Word. Jesus really is present with us now. Do you know that, Lily? He said if two or three people are there gathered in His name, that He is there in the midst. Now, doesn't the Word say that? Yeah, it does say that. And so when we gather together as believers, Jesus is literally by the Spirit with us just as much as he walked in the door. The thing is, we have to have eyes of faith to see. We have to have ears of faith to hear and a heart of faith to understand and know those things. That's why I'm always praying, and Paul prayed that God would open the eyes of our heart, he'd open the eyes of our understanding so we could see. See what? The inheritance that Christ has in us, the riches of his glory, the power available and the authority that we have in Christ. It's what Paul's praying all the time. Because Jesus really is in our midst, but he's here by the Spirit. We have to have spiritual eyes. So he healed them all. And I want to draw your attention. He says that it might be fulfilled. So Jesus is fulfilling all the prophecies in the Old Testament regarding the Messiah, regarding him. And then Matthew quotes Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 4. He just quotes it verbatim, and he applies this prophecy to Jesus. Now, all of these prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah apply to Jesus Christ. And he's going through his ministry, and he's fulfilling one prophecy after another. That's one way we know that Jesus is the Messiah, because he's fulfilling that, okay? And one of the things he's doing... It says, he healed them. Now, we already taught way back in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17. It says that he was healing all, all who? All that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So Jesus is literally, while Jesus is walking on the earth, he is fulfilling that scripture. He bore our sicknesses, our infirmities, and he took our sicknesses. He carried them away. 
And if you go back into Isaiah chapter 53, and please do that. The King James says, like he, he took our uh, infirmities and bore our uh, pains, our griefs and our sorrows, I think. That's a really bad translation. And number one, you know it's a bad translation because in Matthew 8, 17, when Matthew is quoting Isaiah 53, he quotes it, he bore our sicknesses, carried our infirmities or our diseases. So Matthew's quoting it and he's using sicknesses and our pains and our diseases, right? Our infirmities. So that's, that's the correct translation. If you look up in the Young's Literal Translation, if you look up in the New Revised Translation, if you look up in just many, many translations, they translate it correctly. He bore our infirmities, he took our pains, or he bore our diseases, he took our pains. And those two Hebrew words are used as sickness and disease throughout and pains throughout the Old Testament. And I don't want to go back into it all, but you do a study on it. That's absolutely true. And the New Testament interpretation in Matthew 18 proves that. I don't want to go and get off on that too much, but Jesus was healing the sick and he was fulfilling that prophecy. Now that prophecy in Isaiah 53 was really talking about when Jesus was going to die on the cross for our sins. It deals with the atonement. It says he bore our sicknesses. It also says he forgave our sins in Isaiah 53. But when he was walking on earth, he was forgiving people their sins, wasn't he? And he was healing their diseases. This was almost like a fulfillment. That fulfillment is in him. And as the Messiah, with the authority of the Messiah, he's already forgiving sins when he's on the earth. And he's already healing diseases when he's on the earth. But when he died on the cross was the fulfillment, the ultimate fulfillment of when Jesus bore our sins, isn't it? The word says that he bore our sins on the tree, right? And I think it's uh, 1 Peter 2.24. He bore our sins on the tree, and it says, and by whose stripes we are healed. So I guess what I want to point out is, is Jesus is fulfilling this messianic role. I think it's very interesting, too, that all the redemptive names of God, Jesus is fulfilling. In the Old Testament, God, uh, of course, that's, that's what Jesus is fulfilling. In the Old Testament, God is described through a multitude of redemptive names. There's like seven major ones, but there's more than that, that as God is revealing himself, he always reveals himself by his name. For example, you know, the Bible uh, calls God the Lord our shepherd. Doesn't it, Lily? Doesn't it say the Lord is our shepherd? That's Yahweh, our shepherd. Yahweh, he's, the, he's our shalom. He's the one that's bringing us to peace. He is uh, our shepherd. Well, in the New Testament, we see that Jesus is our shepherd, don't we? One of the redemptive names of God is Jehovah Rapha. I'm going to take you back there. We're going to in Exodus 15. I want to take you back there and show this to you. In the book of Exodus, he is called Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And then in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what do we see Jesus as? Isn't he healing everybody? He's the Lord, our healer. It says he bore our infirmities, he carried our diseases, by his stripes we're healed. So he's revealing himself as Jehovah Rapha. 
He's revealing himself as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. He's revealing himself as Jehovah Raha, Jehovah our shepherd. He's revealing himself as Jehovah Jireh, which means, or Jehovah Yireh, which means the Lord our provider. My God shall supply all my needs through Christ Jesus, the Lord our provider. So Jesus is showing that he's Yahweh. <laughs> he's the Lord. Isn't that incredible? That's why in John chapter 8, remember, we're here in Matthew 8. Jesus is fulfilling messianic expectations. But that's why in John chapter 8, when Jesus finally stops, and they, they, who are you? What's your name? Who are you? Who are you? And he, and he finally says, before Abraham was, I am. I mean, they picked up stones to stone him because they knew what he was saying. He was saying he was Yahweh. Isn't that amazing? He was saying, I am the Lord. I am that I am. I'm self-existent. I was before all time. I've always been, and I always will be. And they grabbed those stones because they knew in their world, in their economy, Jesus was blaspheming, making himself God. Now, Jesus as God, Brian, what time are we at? 12, okay. Jesus as God is revealing himself as God, and he's fulfilling the Old Testament scriptures. He's also fulfilling the redemptive names of Jehovah. Every aspect of his ministry, he's revealing himself as God. Now flip over to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, Old Testament, even before creation, before Abraham was, I am, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, right now, today, and forever. What he was in the Old Testament, and even before creation, he is today. And what he is today he was in the New Testament, and he will be forever. The character and nature of God is established throughout the Scriptures, old and new, starting in Genesis and going all the way to Revelation. So I want to read one Scripture to you, and I'm going to end for tonight. I don't think I'm done with this. I want to go a little further. I just want to reacquaint us with the fact that Jesus is fulfilling all the scriptures about the Messiah, and he's also revealing himself as the Lord. So flip with me over to Exodus chapter 15. We're going to look at the nature of God. We're going to look at the redemptive name, one of the redemptive uh, names of God. Chapter 15, verse 22, it says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they came three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Mar because they were bitter. Therefore, the name of the place is Mar. That means bitterness, I believe. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And by the way, that tree is the type of the cross. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made a statue and an ordinance for them. 
And there he tested them and said, If you will diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on which I have brought on the Egyptians. Get this. For I am Yahweh Rapha. I am Yahweh Rafika. Or I am, get this, I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that heals you. That is his name. I am that I am. And I am that I am has revealed himself in the old covenant as the Lord that heals you. And now Jesus... <laughs> being the servant of the Lord, the Messiah, is revealing himself as Jesus, the healer. Very consistent throughout the scripture. And there are many, many, many more. That's why when Jesus forgave sin, you know, he said, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? And he said, get up and walk. It's all the same to him. Sin's forgiven. Healing, it's all the same. It's redemptive. So this is how Jesus is revealing himself. God's been very consistent. We'll pick up right there as we keep delving into Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel. We'll pick up there next week.